Hi. Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Jim Hughes and John Steele. They're with Mitsubishi's UPS division, and we're going to talk about, you know, the state of the art in UPS and the general technology, not so much any uh, specific application space, but we will definitely bring up application spaces in this conversation. So hi, Jim. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks. I, I, I just just jump in one after the other, or however you want. If you bump into each other, don't worry, because we all we're all on a phone. So um, we'll, we'll try to make sure that we give each other some pause to jump in. But I'll prompt to get everybody involved. But uh, I'm really glad you guys could come on because you know we do talk a lot about specific application spaces, but in general. UPS is becoming more important across the board. Not only do more uh, industries need backup power, but more industries need some of the other benefits that uh, UPS solution provides, like uh, power quality, right, Gents? Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I would agree, uh, Alex. You, you know, the, uh, the demand for data uh, is certainly driving the power quality industry, but you know, you can look at uh, anyone from a, uh, uh, a toy manufacturer to a uh, financial institution, and everyone is now associating the cost of downtime. And it can be, you know, as simple as a couple hundred dollars an hour to millions of dollars per hour. Um, so the, the, uh, the drive for higher power quality and also higher efficiency is, is really what's propelling our market forward today. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes all the sense in the world, Jim, because, I mean, basic UPS systems have been around for a while. Now people are really thinking about the efficiencies involved in managing that, and then obviously the other side of the house of the power quality, because forget about it, about just having the power go out. In, in some industrial processes, you know, machining or uh, injection molding or something, power fluctuations can ruin entire batches, can destroy. I mean, it's, it's really a question of, if not just constant, it has to be good, right? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I remember, I mean, UPS have been around. Uh, we, we started manufacturing back in 1964, so the, the technology of um, uninterruptible power supplies is, is certainly not new. Um, but I, I, you know, many, many years ago, I, I visited a, uh, a plastics extrusion um, facility, and they'd been around for years, and it wasn't an issue for a line to go down, and it took a day and a half to get it cleaned and back up and running. And, and back, you know, again, this was some time ago, but at that time, that cost was acceptable. Um, as, as their market became more competitive, the cost associated with being down for a day and a half um, quickly weighed, outweighed the cost of uh, putting in an uninter- uninterruptible power system. Uh, and we mm-hmm. see that, you know, in, in all types of industries, um, the healthcare industry uh, and other uh, f- fast-growing market for uninterruptible power supplies. Um, you know, they, they've always had protection built in, but with with data um, and paperless hospitals today, you know, the, the doctor has to be able to move anywhere in a, a facility with a handheld device and pull up records that could be stored on-site or off-site. And if there's a power glitch and he can't get those records or he's got a patient on the table, um, 
you know, these things can be uh, very costly. So uh, we're, we're certainly seeing the market continue to grow. And, well, and Jim, I agree with you. Bring you. Up, yeah. I'm sorry. Jim, you do Please, bring go up ahead. Um, that there's been a shift over the past, oh, 20 to 30 years uh, where now the data that we're trying to protect is even more important and more costly than the equipment that's, that's processing the data. Um, so whereas, you know, back in the 60s and the 70s, we were trying to protect the, the processes or the process flows or the equipment itself, um, in today's world, uh, it's, it's more critical to protect the data and have that data uh, readily available uh, versus the equipment that's used to store that data. This is also true. This is also true. The, well, this is an information science society now, right? Which then also leans back towards the manufacturing side because that means any manufacturing processes in an advanced society are probably going to be high-precision processes that require high-quality power. Absolutely. And, and I think John you know, brings up a good point, not, not only the, the, the manufacturing side of it, but the data side of it today. I mean, Gosh, if, if if you or I lose our email for 15 minutes, the you know it's it's like the world's falling apart. Um, so the the uh, the need for um, constant 7 by 24 by 365 power, um, even to the level of just to support our our communications habits, um, you know it's it's really it's changing the way the uninterruptible power systems uh, market looks. Agreed completely. I mean, just think about the cloud and the Internet of Things and the interface between that and the smart grid and just the, or even just the Internet of Things and the consumer uh, convenience side of the house is going to be insane on the power demand side, much less the critical infrastructure things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I, I truly, you know, I, I just recently uh, went, took, took my uh, office line. Uh, I have a home office, and I, I went from, 50 uh, meg download to 100, and and within days I I tried to figure out how I existed in this this 50 meg <laughs> space, and and I mean you, you know you and you take that that analogy and you apply it to, um, you know we work with some of the uh, uh, the, the traders um, financial traders, and they have a latency issue, um, so where they used to have their data centers performing the market trade, um, you know, within miles of the computer that's actually making them. Now they want to have them on the other wall, just on the other side of the wall. Um, yeah. So it's it's really quite astonishing. Um, and, and I think, we're, you know, at some point we're, we're already seeing consolidation, you know, in the hospital space, they used to have small, uninterruptible power supplies scattered throughout the hospital for um, those particular devices that needed them. And today we're seeing, we're seeing all of those smaller devices consolidated into whole, whole building backup systems. And I think, you know, we're, we're on track to um, someday we'll have, I mean, our houses are going to be backed up um, by UPS. I mean, I really think everything that has power, you know, that we're going to drive to have that high power quality, 24 by 7 by 365, and oh, by the way, it's got to be efficient. You know, we want, we, we're striving for that 97% efficiency or plus efficiency, um, 
because of the cost associated with, with energy and with power. Yeah, and, and, Jim, I'll bring up a point on that as well. Uh, efficiency is absolutely critical critical because you want your UPS system to function reliably um, and, and have as little losses as you can through the UPS system, but you still need to maintain the reliability, and the reliability is key. You know, efficiency is one aspect of the UPS specification that we need to uh, pay particular attention to because that's the one that most people can most easily convert into dollars and cents at the end of the day. Um, but reliability is, is the number one key to the UPS system. If it's not going to be reliable, um, the efficiency does you no good. Uh, so it's not just achieving a high efficiency on the UPS system. It's achieving high efficiency while maintaining the reliability of the system, um, which is why we've consistently stuck with the true online double conversion uh, method of UPS systems versus going to an eco mode or an offline mode. If we can achieve 97% efficiency on the UPS system, and still maintain that UPS system and true online double conversion efficiency, um, you're getting the best of both worlds. Agreed. And I think that's going to become more critical as you were talking about households. Those households are going to be part of the smart grid, and that will be part not just of the household's energy stability. It will be part of the local grid's energy stability because they will almost certainly by then be intelligently connected. Agreed. I mean, we're, we're on our way. We're on our way there, you know, and I don't um, Google Home or uh, Nest or any of these products. I mean, slowly but surely, our entire lives are being uh, becoming connected, interconnected, and all of that is through the cloud, and, and all of that depends on, you know, what we're, we're talking about, which is uh, a high level power. of power quality, yeah, and reliable power. So on, on, on that note, I, I know you gentlemen are dying to talk about some of your more recent products that address all of this, so here's your chance to mention something you came out with recently that, that uh, we can talk about. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll jump in on that. Another part of our market um, that, that we're seeing some changes in, in the voltages, um, we've had as standard here in the U.S. 480 volt and 12208 volt as uh, sort of our distribution voltage levels. Over the past several years, as, as um, we look to gain in efficiencies, um, there's many ways you can do that within a system. Uh, one of them is raise the voltage. Um, by doing that, you're able to reduce um, the amount of copper and cabling that's used in, a, in, in, a, in an infrastructure, and there's a cost associated with that. You can also go to... Um, a 400 volt system, which is uh, very popular overseas across the pond, if you will, and we're starting to see that come to the U.S. and that's a a, a 400 volt slash 230 volt system. So you're 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 taking the UPS, you're putting it at a voltage that can then distribute downstream directly into the server. So you eliminate uh, some of the transformation steps in between. And again, that gains efficiencies and saves money. Um, so and increases reliability. Uh, it increases reliability, less uh, potential um, points of failure. So uh, our recent product, uh, the 9950, um, is aimed right at that. It's a, a 400 volt system, 380, 400, 415 volt system um, that will allow you to. Um, you know, go right to uh, right to the servers and remove those uh, in-between transformations. 
Yeah, and, and Jim, uh, sorry to insert here, but uh, uh, it is based off of our 9900 series, um, you know, UPS product line. So the 9900 series is typically a 48040 product line, uh, but we've extended that, as Jim said, into the 9950, which is uh, 400 in, 400 out, or 230, 400 out. But it, it's based off the same technology as our 9900 uh, series uh, systems, which means that in true online double conversion mode, we're going to maintain um, you know, up to 97% efficiency. But more importantly, we're going to maintain all the other critical specifications, like uh, you know, less than 2% deviation off 0 to 100% step loads. Uh, we're going to maintain the input harmonics, uh, mitigate the harmonics off the front end, uh, while maintaining a unity power factor off the front end so that we're very compatible with generators. Uh, all the other specifications that makes the 9900 series UPS systems uh, such a good fit into the industry uh, has been carried over to the 9950 in a 400-volt application. Got it, got it, got it. So what kind of assistance do you provide uh, people who want to integrate your uh, systems into their uh, facilities? What kind of hand-holding do you offer? We offer, uh, you know, we, we, it's funny because this has been a, a topic that we've been discussing internally. Um, the, the, the old phrase used to be um, cradle to grave. And, and we like to, we like to imagine that we're, we're in, involved in the days of inception. So when a client uh, has a passing thought that someday he's going to have to add some UPS to his inventory, we want to be there and we can, you know, our services, we have a team of technical support people, project managers, uh, field service, field engineers. We can basically take a project from that inception stage, help design it, um, help with the equipment procurement, the project management, uh, after it's installed, start it up, commission it, uh, and then ongoing service and maintenance, preventative maintenance programs, and all the way out to end of life, which we would have, before about two weeks ago, we would have said that was the grave. However, uh, we, we've, uh, John and I have actually um, conspired together to, to take cradle to grave and, and call it cradle to cradle because typically when that piece of equipment gets to end of life, the client still needs something. So that inception or that whole process just starts all over again. Um, so that's kind of a long-winded way to say, you know, we, we, can, we want to be there by the client side throughout the whole process, and we have all of the services and people to support any of the needs that our client may have throughout. Excellent. Good to hear that because uh, engineers always need support, especially if it's uh, integrating newer systems into uh, legacy facilities and such. So uh, I always give my guests a last word so that they have an opportunity to leave their final thoughts with the audience. Uh, I'm going to tap you, Jim. What final uh, thoughts do you have for our uh, audience before we close out the episode? Well, I think, you know, obviously um, we're, we're very passionate about um, power design and um, power quality in general, but we're, we're – at Mitsubishi, we're very passionate about reliability. And I think my final thoughts are, you know, let's keep, as an industry, let's keep challenging ourselves to reach to the next level. Um, today, you know, we have three-level three level IGBTs as, as sort of the industry's uh, leading technology for high-efficient double-conversion UPS. 
what's tomorrow? Um, and I think, you know, we have a lot of talent, a lot of brilliant engineers, uh, a lot of people, and, and you know, certainly uh, from Mitsubishi's standpoint, we'd like to be involved in those discussions and work together as a team to find, you know, the future's uh, next products. <laughs> well, that's very ambitious, and I'm really glad that there are people like you guys and uh, there are others out there as well, but uh, it's always nice to know there are people who are really trying to move the ball forward and get the industry the latest solutions. And I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, moving it as far forward and as fast forward as we can get. So thanks, gents. Thank you. And I'd like to also thank you for being on the show. That's also nice of you to take the time to be here for us. We appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Uh, hey, thank you, Alex. Pleasure. Oh, yes, thank you. The pleasure was mine. And I'd also like to thank the audience for taking the time to listen to us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day.